Welcome into the Pursuit of Manliness podcast, where we are vigorously equipping men to pursue biblical manliness. My name is Jarrett Samuels. I'm the host of the podcast. And men, as always, I like to begin by thanking you for listening to today's podcast episode. When you get the opportunity, make sure you visit the Pursuit of Manliness.com. A whole bunch of stuff there, a lot of information, ways to get in contact with the podcast, ask a question, whatever you want to do. Uh, I do want to highlight our men's retreat. If you go to the gear store, you at the top, click gear. Uh, if you're on your phone, it's the little lines on the side and gear. And the first thing that comes up, if you're on a computer, it's the first thing on your left, is the fall men's retreat. We are at, by the time you're hearing this podcast, you're at about 16 days left. Registration closes on Sunday, September 10th. On Monday, September 11th, some guy's going to be like, hey, bro, hey, bud. Hey, that's the first sign. I'm not reading this email. Hey, bro, hey, bud. I Man, I thought I had more time, whatever, for, you know. I'm letting you guys know, ad nauseum. There's some of you like, we know, we've heard it. I know, I know you do, and I do too. And uh, inevitably, it's going to happen, so I try to make sure that guy knows. Um, On Monday, we had 25 spots left. On Friday, by the time you get this, I don't know what we have. We may still have 25. You know, I don't know. I tell you that not to overpromise and to deliver. I tell you that because we have a cap of 200. That's what our building can hold. That's what our, our worship center can hold. That's what the uh, the ladies that put the food together and stuff are, are willing to feed and all that. So we said that's that's the cap. Uh, last year, I think we we were at 195. To, so that's where we're at. Want you to know, would love for you to be a part of it. Um, I've had guys come to the retreat because I think it's a snapshot of the pursuit of manliness. And they'll come to the retreat and say, okay, I want to see what this POM thing is all about. And they leave going, yeah, that's 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 what I thought. So you'll see there's a lot of high-caliber guys. I think there's excellent worship, excellent teaching. I think the food is great. I think the fellowship is, you know, win, 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 man. And some guys uh, come here and they know lots of guys. Some guys come here and they don't know any guy. So it doesn't matter where you're at. It's just um, – sorry, trying to kill an ant on my desk here. So it's just uh, a great time of connecting. And for 40 bucks, man, I mean $40, you, you'll spend that going to – Arby's or getting a you know a pizza and some breadsticks somewhere. So forty bucks, you're gonna get um a, you're gonna get fed well. You're gonna get a little uh retreat um swag and uh, a great time. It's good for your soul. How many things do you do that's really good for your soul? Now here's the problem: if you got a guy who's always like going golfing and going this and going that and going that, and then you're trying to squeeze one more thing in, yeah, I understand that that's tough. So if you're trying to come to the retreat, you may have to uh, you know. You got to barter a weekend or something. Who knows? I don't know. But for those guys that don't, say, hey, this would be good for my soul. That old silverback that does the uh, podcast every week said it was good for my soul, so I want, I want to find out. You ever done something? Seriously, you ever done something that was really good for your soul? I remember a couple years ago, man, we were we were running on fumes as a family. Just a lot. Just busy, 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 man. Laboring and all these things. And we took um, a few days and went to the mountains and we stayed in like a little tiny cabin. And I remember walking out as I was shutting the door and I was t- my wife and I, were, you know, kind of, yeah, yeah, you like review brief, like, man, that was good. Yeah, we'll do it again, whatever. And I said, I just, this was good for our soul. Like, I didn't know this is what we needed. And I, I just think the retreat is is that for guys. And man, maybe you'll bring your kid if you got a son and uh, doesn't matter his age, doesn't matter, you know, your neighbor, coworker, unbeliever, whatever, they're going to hear the gospel. So uh, bring them. We don't do anything weird, I promise. Okay, let me see. I won't do anything weird. I don't know. I can't guarantee someone else won't do something weird. We've had a couple weird things happen. You know what's not weird? We are in Numbers chapter 14, and that means we are also sponsored by Dark Water Woodwork. 
darkwaterkc.com. You put in the code NUMBERS14, all capital letters, 14, and uh, you get the Out in the Garage Beard Bundle, which is the beard oil, beard balm. It's fantastic. You save 15% off your order. You say, Jared, I'm driving down the road in my truck, or I'm off for a while. I'm not going to remember that. I know when you get a chance, don't do it now. Uh, look in the show notes. There's a link there. Click on that. You see the title of the show. You got numbers 14, or no, actually, it's not title. Forgive me. But we're in numbers 14. You put that in. Doug will save you 15% off your order and send you some really good beard balm and beard oil. Well, the people rebel in numbers 14. Maybe they needed some beard balm. You know, you're wandering the desert floor for a considerable amount of time. That beard is going to get ratty. And uh, perhaps it was a little ratty. Little no, I, that's not it at all. They there was a hardness of heart. Let's review in thirteen. Uh, there were twelve spies that were sent out, and they were to uh, check out the land of Canaan. What are we working with here? What's this like? And Moses, if you will, kind of you know tested their faith. Whether the people are strong or weak, whether you know it's fortified or it's kind of open encampments or whatever. So kind of laying that out there. Well, when the twelve spies come back. Ten of them are like, there's absolutely no way we can go in there. There's no way we can go in there and survive. And there's two, Joshua and Caleb, and they're like, yeah, what are we waiting for? Let's move right now. Well, the ten find this, uh, and it's it's just the way our, our culture works, that negative news moves way faster and gets way more stronger reaction than something positive. Remember the newscast, like back in the day, they'd put like a positive news story at the very end. Like we just depressed the tar out of you for the last 27 minutes. Let me tell you about a fireman that pulled a cat out of a tree. Does that make you feel better? Good night. We'll see you tomorrow at the same time. Like, no, I can't do that. I can't do that anymore. I can't sit and listen to all the bad news. And then you tell me about a boy who did something wonderful and for the last three minutes and then we're supposed to, no, I go to bed with an ulcer. I'm not doing that no more. Do people still watch the news? Anyhow, bad news travels fast, and that's what happened here. If you jump in at uh, chapter 14, then all the congregation lifted up their voices and cried, and the people wept that night. Imagine walking through the camp. Everybody's weeping. What are they weeping for? Because we're going to die. We're going to die. It is worst case scenario. And the sons of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron. Stop me if you've heard this before. And the whole congregation said to them, would that we had died in the land of Egypt. Oh, man, we have enough already. Or that we would have died in the wilderness. Well, you're fixing on doing that. Why is the Lord bringing us into this land? To fall by the sword? Our wives and our little ones will become plunder. Would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? Now, I want you to get this. This is uh, verse 4 of chapter 14. So they said to one another, Always a great idea when we conspire with one another. So they said to one another, let us appoint a leader and return to Egypt. Now, who who is their confidence in here? It's not in the Lord. Okay. No matter what he has done for them, it's not for the, it's not in him. Their confidence is twofold. It's in themselves that in the midst of this group who had zero skills except for making bricks and babies when they left Egypt, is going to find a leader who can just, if you will, undo all the things they just had to go through to get to where they're at right now. Somehow this person can lead them uh, through all the places that they've already been. Here's their other area of confidence. In Pharaoh, in whoever is on the throne at this point, 
that he is going to accept return to sender. That he's going to say, welcome back. We kept your place just the way that you liked it. And, uh, yeah, that whole thing about our firstborn dying and stuff, you know, that's uh, that's old news. We're on to other things now. I, I, just, I just cannot believe the audacity until I consider my own life and the ways that I have conspired, if you will. The ways that I thought, well, if we just find a, a leader, we just find someone to, to direct this, we get someone to straighten this thing up. You know, sometimes God is doing something and he's a whole lot smarter than you. And by sometimes, I mean all the times, Kevin. I mean all the times. God is always smarter than us. He's always doing more than we are. And as conspiring and as advantageous and as you know, uh, strategic and all the things. We can bring in the guy from the outside who has the giant post notes and writes on the whiteboards and on our windows with, you know, dry race markers and creates all the plans and strategies and all the things. God's like, I, I care more about these people than you do. I care more about the church. I care more about the community. I care more about your house. I care more about this podcast. I care more about the community. I care. He does. And we just say, oh, well, yeah, 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 I know, I know. But if we keep doing it this way, it is inevitable there will be tragedy. Yeah, there will be because of the hardness of your heart. Well, Joshua and Caleb try to talk sense into people. They say in verse uh, 8, if the Lord is pleased with us, then he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land which flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord. And do not fear the people of the land. Well, they will be our prey. They will be our prey. Wait, man, we've heard they were huge. I know. We're going to hunt them down. They will be our prey. Their protection has been removed from them. Why? Did the walls fall down? Uh, God. God, okay. And the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. That sounds good to me. Nope. All the congregation said to stone them with stones. So we got kind of a Stephen thing going here. We don't like what you're saying. So we're going to uh, we're going to kill you. <laughs> we're no different. We are absolutely no different in 2023. Oh, Jared, we're more civilized and we're more advanced and we're we're the same thing. If they don't like or we don't like, I don't want to blame on us. If they if we don't like what someone's saying, we may not actually pick a stone up to stone them. But we might do some other things to get rid of them, to shut them up, to not hear them, to remove ourselves from them. Sometimes people actually do go to that point where they, they do attempt to kill them. We're, we are absolutely no different. The bad news we believe. The good news, no, we don't believe that. Listen, that that that's a summary of 2020. And we're not done with that, by the way. That's a summary of 2020. If it was bad news, man, that thing took off. It, have you have you seen like the Instagram reels or whatever where they have like now that you know they put all the sound bites together of you know news people and people talking about what to do and what not to do and what you should do and who's doing it right and who's doing it wrong, whatever. Just repeating the same song and dance, right? And anyone that that thought for themselves or anyone who didn't just blindly do what they were told to do. You're the problem. You're the problem. Well, Joshua and Caleb are the problem here. Well, we got this pile of rocks. It would be a shame if we didn't just use them. 
And then when we're done, we'll just bury them under this pile of rocks. They're just, let's get rid of it. This is the response of the people. Rebellious, unbelieving men cannot endure men who have faith. It can't do it. You will not hear it. You will talk over. You will ghost. You will whatever, shadow ban. You will do all the things because if you are rebellious and you lack faith, you do not stand for a second for someone who does have faith or would challenge your faith. I saw someone say that once like, you know, the great shepherd and they're a sheep and I'll take my chances with him. So you were just going to be, so I was called a sheep and so I'm, I'm good with that. What happened to like wise as serpents and innocent as doves? Okay. Sheep was an analogy. It's one. It's not the only, and we're not supposed to wander the hills aimlessly. There's a lot of analogies. If you want to go with that one to justify whatever you're doing and to try to have a backhanded comment towards what I'm doing, I, I, okay. They're going to kill Joshua and Caleb for challenging their unbelief and their lack of faith in God. That's what they want to do. We're going to get rid of them. Look, when you live in unbelief, when you live in, with a lack of submission to God, you have no fear of him anymore. You have fear of people. And you will be aggravated and frustrated and disturbed and bitter and all the extra negative emotions towards those who say, I don't know, read Psalm 91. I don't know, take it to the Lord. I don't know, maybe should we live by faith? Doesn't scripture tell us the worst thing that could absolutely happen to us is we get to be with Jesus? That's not enough for some people, I guess. That's just not enough. Well, as often does, the uh, Lord shows up. And he said to Moses, how long will this people spurn me? And how long will they not believe in me, despite all the signs I have performed in their midst? When God says that, he's about to give you a history lesson. And he's about to wipe these people out. Unbelievable, Moses intervenes. I got to tell you, Moses is a better man than I am. Because every time this happens... Moses falls on his face and he begins to intercede for the people of Israel. Remember, he didn't ask to lead this group. He wasn't voted in. It wasn't a uh, you know a nomination by his peers. As a matter of fact, you know they've tried to challenge him and, and they're not done challenging him before we get out of this book. But Moses is going to pray for them, and he said, "The Lord is slow to anger, abundant in." Uh, loving kindness, forgiving iniquity and transgression, but he will by no means clear the guilty. So Moses begins to pray to the Lord. And I and I mean pray to the Lord. And and, and you should consider this. If you have to lead people, uh, take a look at Numbers 14. What is that? Verses 13 through uh, 19. I'm not I'm using a Bible that I don't I don't use like when I teach normally, so everything's smaller and different and not marked up the way I like it. So um, he says, "But now, Lord, I pray, let the let the power of the Lord be great, just as you have declared. The Lord is slow to anger, abundant in loving kindness, forgiving iniquity and transgression, but He will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation." He goes on to pray, God, look if if you do this. The people of Egypt, the surrounding nations are going to say, see, the Lord couldn't do it. 
He's challenging the Lord, if you will, in a much different way. He's challenging the Lord, don't don't wipe these people out. I know you want to, and you have every right to do it. Don't wipe them out. The Lord said, I have pardoned them according to your word. God said, I, I, I will relent. I will show some mercy. But indeed, as I live, that's never good when God's about to say that. As I live, all the earth will be filled with the glory of the Lord. He said, this is a non-negotiable. Okay, surely all the men who have seen my glory and my signs, which I performed in Egypt and in the wilderness, they're still alive, yet have put me to the test these 10 times and have not listened to my voice, shall by no means see the land which I swore to their fathers, nor shall any of those who spurned me see it. That's verses 20 to 22. Let me give you a summary here. What God is saying, all those people, that whole generation I brought out, they're still kicking and screaming. And I'm done. They're not going in. That That's it. You know who's going in? All the ones that they said was going to be plunder. That, that, that's, that's who's going to go in, okay? He goes on to say in verse uh, 29, Your corpses will fall in the wilderness, even all your numbered men, according to your complete number from 20 years old and upward, who have grumbled against me. Surely you shall not come into the land which I swore... Uh, to settle you, except for Caleb and Joshua. Your children, however, verse 31, whom you said would become prey, I will bring them in, and they will know the land which you have rejected. But as for you, your corpses will fall in the wilderness. You kept saying you're going to die in the wilderness? You got your wish. Your sons shall be shepherds for 40 years in the wilderness, and they will suffer for your unfaithfulness until your corpses lie in the wilderness. God said, you know, that was the that was the complaint. Did you just bring us out of Egypt because there weren't enough uh, graves there? No. Sometimes I want, like, I know God has all the time in the world, but why does he waste his time on us? I look at this and I thought, good thing I'm not God. I'd have wiped you guys out a long time ago. I'd have wiped you out. And and that would have been the, I, I mean, t- he said 10 times. 10 times? 10 times. Fool me once, right? Shame on you. Fool me twice. Shame on me, whatever. You know, like that. 10 times, and God knew. And yet he continues to show them mercy and grace. Listen, he does the same for us. How many times do you get to rebel against the Lord? I don't know. I do believe this. I do believe there is a point where God says, fine. You want that to be your complaint? You want that to be your fear? You want that to be realized? Here you go. You see it in Scripture where he said, okay, there. First uh, Samuel 8, want a king, want a king, want a king. And uh, God said, okay, give him a king. They're going to hate it. They are absolutely going to hate it. He gave him a king. He gave him Samuel. That wasn't enough. Give him a king. You ever think God gives you what you want and says they're going to loathe it? He does it in the nation of Israel. They didn't even get to finish their meat. Right, and it was in their teeth, and then they died, and you know, are are we ungrateful? Are we irrational? Do we thrive in fear? I think people will like to be afraid of things. I think people like to have a fear of something, and it it gives them some kind of emotion or talking point that you wouldn't have if you weren't fearful. I, I it's just. I've heard it before, you know, uh, I think it's negative information or negative whatever, 
travels like 10 times faster than positive. If something good happens across the world, you may never hear of it. You may hear of it years later. If something bad happened today, within the hour, you would know about it. That's the world we live in. It just travels that way. And by the time you got the story, it may or may not be accurate. People like to live in fear. They like to be a fear monger. They like to assume worst case scenario. I mean, think of all the things that you get fearful of and how many of them have actually come true. How many of them have actually been realized? Perhaps it's God showing protection over you. But what you don't want to do is reject the Lord in the process. It is okay to have things you're concerned about or fearful of or worried about. It's, it's, it's human nature, right? We are very limited in, in our reach. However, we need to remember, God is the author of life. He's in control. And so what happens here is that there's a death sentence for the 10 spies. They're gone. Okay, and then Israel kind of like, oh, man, this is bad. And they, they have this cycle where they're going to cry out and they begin to mourn again. Much of crying going on. This is where this is where uh, old Kleenex was invented. I think you got a bunch of people out in the wilderness, all them dry boogies and stuff in their nose and they're crying and snot bubbles. And I mean, everybody's crying all the time out there. It would be exhausting. I get it. Emotional. But uh, here we are, you know, and we've sinned and we're bad and, you know, and they they. They get this idea, they're going to rise up early, and now we're going to go in. Okay, let me get this straight. When the Lord was giving you the, the land, and you were told, we will be just fine, we're going in, you said, there ain't no way. So God removes his blessing, and there's a consequence. You know, we're, we got a lot of death fixing on happening here. We're going to go in now. <laughs> don't do that. Uh, Moses said, don't, don't, don't do that. Why are you transgressing transgressing the commandment of the Lord when it will not succeed? He said, God isn't with you. Don't do that. No, we're going to do it. We're, we're going to force our way in. We haven't had any faith this, this time. Don't, don't, Moses said, don't do it. There's consequences. There's consequences. If you, go, if you try to do this before God leads you in, the Lord will not be with you. Now, I understand we don't want to go places and do things if the Lord ain't with us. As a believer, you have the Holy Spirit as the guarantee of your salvation. Wherever you go, you got God with you. That doesn't mean we deliberately go to places we shouldn't be going. We don't take God for a walk somewhere that we shouldn't be going, right? Sometimes there are consequences to our sin. This is one of the consequences. You're not going in. If you don't know how the story ends, Moses ain't going in either. He's, he's going to have his own thing going on. But they're going to do it. They're going to go in. They don't have Moses. They don't have the Ark of the Covenant. Whatever. We're going to go in. Well, the Amalekites and the uh, Canaanites are going to wipe them out. Right? We're going to conquer this place without God's presence. Uh, the Ark of the Covenant, right? That was the representation of God's presence or Moses or whatever. Um, no. And it failed very quickly, which is what happens when we try to do things on our own. In the flesh, they tried to accomplish what they could only do truly by faith, and it ends in defeat. We walk around sometimes like some of the saddest human beings on the planet. We should have Christ living inside of us. We, we should be a new creation. We should have, uh, you know, understand, forgive me, oh, God living inside of us. I'm thinking that the whole time I said that. Christ is you know, on his throne interceding on our behalf right now. We have that going on. 
the old is gone, the new has come. Now, I know some people like to re, you know replay your old stuff and remind you, and you know, but you're you're a new creation. You have the hope of of glory, right? Eternity secured. And we walk around just like Eeyore because we're, com- we're trying to accomplish things by the flesh and not by faith because we don't have enough faith because we live in fear. We live by the flesh and the flesh will always be defeating. It will always be empty. The flesh will always overpromise and underdeliver. But by faith, you do get to reap what you sow. You do get to wait on a harvest. You do bear fruit. In keeping with repentance, you do get to be a co-laborer, right? You 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 get to be a part of the kingdom of heaven right now if you live by faith and not the flesh. So maybe today, I know for me it will be, but maybe today the conversation for you will be between you and the Lord to say, hey, don't say, hey, don't leave with that. But God, in what area, areas or all the areas Am I living by the flesh and not by faith? Maybe the flesh keeps showing up every night at 10 o'clock and you're like, I got to have faith show up every night at 10 o'clock. Set an alarm. Do something. Text a friend. Whatever. You know, I, maybe the flesh shows up every Friday night at, you know, 8 o'clock or whatever. I don't know when people go out. Whatever they do. I don't know. And you say, hey, I need, I need, the, I need faith to show up, not, not the flesh. I want to live by faith, not by the flesh because the flesh is ruining me. Faith gives me hope. Faith keeps me on the narrow road. Faith keeps me connected to other people who help me live out what I say I believe. Amen. Thank you all for listening. Remember, visit thepursuitofmanliness.com. Get your spot in the men's retreat. If there's spots left, I think there will be. If there's spots left, get your spot in the retreat. Love to see you here in Indianapolis.